good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is where you may be in the world on today. Greetings to each of you. I am the host of the Being Love in Action podcast, Kenya C. Williams of Kenya C. Williams Ministries. Listen, I'm a grace girl, daughter of the King of Kings, and a disciple and lover of Jesus Christ. And I invite you to walk with me on today as I share a word of encouragement. So grab your coffee or have your tea with me while being encouraged, empowered, and even challenged as we learn through the gospel of Jesus Christ what it truly means to being love in action. Good morning, good morning, good morning here to each of you that are listening. It is always a pleasure and an honor when you come in and you tune into the Being Love in Action podcast. Today is going to be a great day. I pray that it has already started out to be one that has been filled with the very presence of the Holy Spirit and that you are operating in the spirit of God. Smile on the outside, even if you don't feel like smiling on the inside. Listen, sometimes I look at myself in the mirror when I get in the car or when I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror and sometimes I just smile to myself. You know, I I, I believe that we have to affirm ourselves every day, sometimes throughout the day. It's nothing wrong with that. And when I believe that when you affirm yourself and you remind yourself of who you are in the eyes of God, those things that were holding you down or making you feel less than you begin to remember who you are. So I just want to encourage you today before we start the podcast to smile and know that you are loved by our true and living God, the father himself. Amen. Listen, I'm always excited, especially when I take the time out to do this podcast. You don't know, um, as this encourage many of you, it encourages me on a daily. This is a uh, part of the week that I look forward to. I'm always wondering what God is going to allow me to share with his people. You know, sometimes he'll give it to me, um, you know, a week in advance or, you know, days in advance. Sometimes he gives it to me the night before. Sometimes he gives me something and then the day of it'll be something totally different. So it's always important to be in tune to the father. And the way that we do that is really through prayer. Amen. And so today I'm going to share one with you guys. I know the women are going to love it. The brothers who are going to tune in are going to be like, man, what is, you know, to hear the perspective that God has given me to share tonight. We're going to talk about today. I'm sorry. It may be night to some of you who are listening, especially all of my overseas listeners. So again, um, today I'm going to talk about one night with the king. And how are you preparing to win the heart of your king? And we're coming from the book of Esther. Amen. And, and, if, and if you're not familiar with this story, um, when you get an opportunity for all of those who are listening and you are not familiar with the Bible, this is a very powerful story of love and of, of being in your divine place. Amen. And this this story is one that many have told it. And I love it every time I hear it. I like to hear the different perspectives of it. And many times we hear the story of Esther and how God used her for such a time as that, where she was in a position to be a blessing to her people, which was the uh, 
Jewish people. Amen. But many times I, I don't hear people talk about the perspective of the king and we know the spiritual part of it. But today I want to talk about the relational part of the the Esther and the king. Amen. So let us get into this word. And, and, and I pray again when you hear it. Again, leave your comments and everything afterwards, because I want to hear what you guys have to say and what your opinion is about the story and the perspective of it. Amen. Here is the story. And again, we're looking at the book of Esther. Amen. Here's a story I had to watch. There's a movie called One Night with the King, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I've seen it different times. And as God laid this particular message on my heart, um, last night, I, you know, I actually looked at the movie again. And to be honest, today, the podcast is coming out a little bit late. Um, normally, I pre-record or early that morning. But again, God kind of moved a little different with me today with this particular story. And honestly, I was tired. I woke up. Um, I watched this movie till about two o'clock this morning, two hour long movie. But anyway, the movie is, is really uh, for the most part, it, it, it keeps the, the context of the Bible. Of course, there are some parts that's added for the theatrical aspect of it, but it was for the most part, it was in line with the word of God. So again, it's, it's called one night with the King and we're coming from the book of Esther. Okay. So this story is coming from the book of Esther. And many times when we think about Esther, I've heard men of God say, man, I, I want a, a, an Esther. And I've, you know, all the time we hear women, I say it, I've said it myself. Um, you know, I can't wait for God to send me my king. And, you know, it's funny because many times when we think of a king, we think of a man that has prominence. We think of a man that has power. We think of a man that is in a position not only uh, of, of wealth, but in a, in, a, in a position to make sound judgment. And every woman, if, and let's be honest, um, for the most part, loves a man that has, and I don't want to say necessarily power, but has the confidence to make decisions in a way that she know he's a man. Women, we love that. We love most women. I know I do. I love a man who walks with confidence, who, you know, who, who walks with the assurance of knowing that as a man, he knows his role. Amen. And so many times we look at relationships nowadays and we, we kind of only want the godly perspective of roles in relationships when it's feasible to us. Let's be real, right? For those of us who are believers in Christ, many times we still, we're still connected to the worldview of relationships. And that's why many times when we get married, and we're still holding on to these worldviews. And I'm not saying that we're not supposed to uh, implement them. What I'm saying is that many of our worldviews have the roles not only reversed, but men and women of God not knowing their position. And I can't. And, and we know that when I say men and women of God, I'm speaking more to the men and women of God because we have uh the, the word, which is a guide to us. And so for those of us who are not believers in Christ, we're not bound to that. They're not bound to that because they don't have an understanding, first of all, who, of who God is. So you can't expect them to take a biblical perspective and implement it into their lives. And that's why it's imperative as believers in Christ, for those of us who are married or those of us who are single, that we are allowing 
uh, biblical principles to be a part of our courting and as a part of our marriages. And listen, we're, none of us are perfect. None of us have, have it all together. But I believe that if we learn from our past mistakes, learn from those around us, then we can be better. Amen. And one of the things that's such a farce that people like to put into, you know, um, and it's not biblical at all. You know, you can't tell me anything if you haven't been a millionaire where well, you can't tell me how to be a millionaire. Well, that's ignorance because there are people who are millionaires and they lost it all. Right. Or they were successful in an area, but some kind of way they messed up. Right. So you can learn from people maybe who were not married for 30 years. But as a result of them learning the failures of what they didn't do and what what they dealt with makes them truly a great influence and a great word of wisdom for you. And one of the things the word of God tells us is that we should seek counsel when we're we're, we're planning and, and doing really big things in our lives. And it's OK to seek multiple counsel of men and women of God. You know, it's not just one person, but multiple persons. And this is biblical, a biblical truth. So many times when we're talking about relationships, you know, we got to first of all, make sure we're, we're getting great advice, not from people that just made it 30, 40, 50 years, because that's not the norm. We wish it could be right. But many people have married and we're talking about believers and have been divorced. So they can give great advice of, of the pitfalls and what they didn't do right. Not just what their partner did, what they can speak their truth about their inadequacies and their things that they didn't do. Amen. So here is the story of the, this woman, Esther, whose her name was her, her Hebrew Jewish name was Hadassah. She was raised by her uncle and we, her, her uncle Mordecai raised her. And it was a time in the land where the king of Persia, Xerxes, for six months, he gives, he was giving um, a banquet of all the nobles and officials in provinces and everyone was invited. So it says 180 days, which is about six months, all of the 127 provinces that he ruled from India to Kush, which is the upper Nile region. Amen. All of the people came. And at this time, um, his wife, which was at the time uh, Queen uh, Vashati, she was not really pleased about some of the, the things that was going on, the wars and, and his stand on things. And so as a wife, she also um, gave a banquet for the women of the wives of the nobles. Right. And so one of the things that happened in this story that that brings Esther into the story was that. The king asked for because, you know, they had been drinking and partying. Imagine six months of drinking and partying for anybody, but especially men of power. Right. And so he's already flaunting all of his riches and all of the things of his kingdom to all the nobles. And his wife was beautiful. But 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 Vashanti also had an issue with her husband. Right. And so she asked he asked he sent for her to come to him publicly. Right. And so what she did was she did not come. And we're not talking about that part of the relationship because I want to focus more on the beginnings of Esther and um, his relationship. And so what happened, Esther and the king's relationship. And so what happened was she did not go. And as a result of her denying to come and see the king, 
she was killed. Amen. Now we can say that he, you know, he could have saved her and I'm quite sure he could have, but he kept to the protocol or the law, which was, and, and he probably, again, this is not the biblical, this is not necessarily biblical. This is my opinion right here was that with all of the drinking and partying they had been doing, his ego was bruised. She did not come to him. Many of the officials that was around him were saying, you know what, if you allow her with a free pass because of her disobedience or disrespect, it was viewed as disrespect, then you're going to set a precedent for all the women, right? Now, this is a woman he married to, he shared a bed with, and he, you know, kept to the, the protocol. Now, here is where Hadassah, Hadassah or Esther comes in. As the, the king killed her, now he needs a new queen. And so all of the beautiful young women all throughout the lands were, some of them, they were handpicked and they went through uh, all of these treatments and, and all of these things to prepare themselves for the king. I want us to look at a couple of things here. It's a couple of quotes from the movie that I want to share. I want to talk about. But from the very beginning, there should always be a spiritual connection between you and your queen, your future queen or your future king. Not only should there be a spiritual connection, I believe the spiritual connection is always first. I know that we, we want to talk about the physical and I think that's important. You should be attracted. But I don't think that from a um, spiritual perspective, when we're trying to do things in the alignment of God, there must be something spiritual connected with you first. And there's different types of spiritual connections. You know, you if you are intercessor, you can be connected to people because God uh, drops people in your spirit. Right. And I've experienced that as an intercessor myself. And many of you have experienced that as well. So that's that's one thing. But the spiritual connection I'm talking about proceeds, supersedes that it supersedes you just praying for someone. It's almost like you're carrying them in your spirit. I don't know if you've experienced that, but I know some, some of you have where that happens. And we're going to look at this story. And this, 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 this particular podcast is going to be a little bit longer than the normal ones because I really want to give this, this story enough meat so that you won't feel incomplete after hearing it. So it, it, it starts off where Esther was one of the ones that was handpicked. And her, her, her uncle Mordecai says, we're going to change your name from we're going to give you a good Babylonian name. OK, so these were uh, Jews in the diaspora. They were dispersed and, and they were settled in this this land. And so one of the things the Jews were still not liked, they were very still, you know, very well not liked by certain people. And so, you know, one of the things he said, let's give you another name. And that's how her name became Esther. So as a, one of the things, the eunuch that was over the, the, the regiment for the women. Um, these women had to go through, and this is for my single women, they had to go through a preparation state. I, I see it all the time. You know, um, you know, we always talking about I'm waiting for my king and I'm waiting for my man of God. But I have a question to all my single women. What are you doing to prepare for him? 
What are you doing to prepare for him? Because see, a king is not an ordinary man. And, and I'm not offending any of my brothers that are listening because I believe that all men are due to be honored and respect because they are the head. But all men don't walk in the capacity of their of their uh calling over their lives. So many men who are kings are not operating as a king. Many are operating as paupers, let's be real, or court jesters. So this is really about the men who are operating in their lives already as kings and women who are operating already as queens. Watch this. There were some things in Esther's life that was already preparing her before she became a queen. Esther was already an intellectual woman. She liked to read. So when she came to the house uh, preparing uh, like she was she was a, a peasant and she went from a peasant to being in the house of a king before she even met the king. She was already preparing for the king. Her environment changed. So women, how has your environment changed? You know, uh, do you live in a household where you're still living like you were a single woman? You know, you get up and do things when you want to do it. You don't have any structure. As queens, we must have structure in our lives. You know, let me be real with you. As women, as women of God, we need to be women that have a clean house. I'm not I'm not going to harbor on that, but I'm just let's be real. Your house shouldn't be clean just because you have company. Let me tell you something. I have my grandkids. We my, my daughters, we all live together. Right. And I'm one of those grandparents. My kids can my grandkids can play with whatever they want. They understand around the house. There is a, there is cleanup. When you mess up, you clean up. But guess what? Do you know early in the morning, many times, five, four, three o'clock, I get up. I make sure my house is in order, even though my daughters may have already done it. But as the mother of this house, as the matriarch of this family, I get up and I'll, I'll mop. And it's not that they won't do it, but I'm the queen of this castle. So it's my responsibility. Watch this. Even though the others that live in this house, they do their part. But it is my responsibility as the matriarch to make sure this house is together. Because guess what? If somebody comes in here now, they can see if the kids are playing and there's dirty floors and they go to the bathroom and they see, you know, the toilet is not clean and there's gook all over. That's a reflection of me. Amen. I need you to hear me. You don't wait until you start dating or start courting to be clean. You don't wait until somebody come in your life to make sure your clothes are clean, folded, your closets are neat. You know, things are, these are things that a queen already does because a queen don't like filth. Can I hear? Can, can I say amen? A queen doesn't like dirt. And listen to me. I know some days as women, we get tired. Look, I, I know what it is when it's that time of the month. I can write the book on it, you know, and, and sometimes you have to push yourselves. But 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 what I'm saying is that es Esther was already preparing herself. Amen. She was already reading women of God. How what are you doing to to intellectually stimulate your mind? You know, I know everybody, you know, we all want to be bosses and everybody want to. But what are you doing to, in, to to stimulate your brain, your intellect? Are you reading? You should be reading the word of God. Amen. But outside of the word of God, what else are you doing? What else are you connected to to help grow you? Because a man of God that is a real king, he wants a woman that he can at least have a conversation with. 
I hope I'm not stepping on any toes because this is not about uh, downplaying. I'm just I'm just just want to give this topic a real, real good, good, you know, good, some good meat. What are we doing? What are you doing? Yes, I know, honey, we got it down plaque. Y'all, we can go and buy that makeup. We can put on that makeup, baby. I see it all the time. Everybody's a makeup artist now. But what else is going on with your body? Hello, women? You know, are you bathing on a regular? Are you making sure your skin is moisturized? Are you putting on the right creams and ointments on your body to make sure your skin is soft? Not for a man, but for you, you are a queen. A queen takes care of her body. Are you exercising? Are you working out? Are you going to the doctors, making sure? Listen, I've been to my cardiologist recently. I'm making sure that Kenya is good. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to, you know, work out and, and do all of the things that I need to do to take care of my, myself. And that's because I'm a queen. Not because I'm trying to attract the king. I'm trying to make sure I'm good. See, a queen is always mindful of her kingdom. Her kingdom is not just her home. It's everything about who she is. And Esther is now in this position where she's doing these beauty treatments. And, and, and every woman who was selected to get an opportunity to have one night with a king was going through all of the same uh, beauty regiments. There was a, a, a statement, a, a quote that was said in the movie. It takes the glory of God. And this is what Esther was saying to the king. This is the first night she met with him. She said, it takes the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to search it out. That's a powerful statement. And, and what I liked about this when she said it, it takes the glory of God, which she's saying it, it, it's the glory is the evidence of presence of God. It takes the spiritual connection of God to conceal a matter. In other words, when God is doing something and the presence of God is there, the manifestation, that spiritual connection conceal means to hide something. God will hide you many times in plain sight in the face of your king. Amen. Or in the face of your queen. She was in the face of her king. Watch this. He was the king of the kingdom, but he was going to eventually be her husband. Right. But she said to him, it takes the glory. She's talking about the spiritual manifestation of God, but the honor of kings to search it out. What she was doing was speaking already to the atmosphere, to the king of his wisdom and his knowledge in order to be spiritually connected to God. See, a king must seek the face of God, a real man of God. He's praying. He's seeking the face of God, even when his mind is unclear, because I'm going to talk about the king and talk about some of the issues of the of the men, some of the issues of, of, of the male. And that's why it's important. The the subtitle is, you know, we the title of it is one night with the king. But the reality of it is, how are you preparing to win the heart of your king? See, she was already, Esther was already in a state of preparation to win the heart of her king. Amen. So listen, here was Esther. And she's talking about 
the, the, the conceal a matter. But what she's talking about uh, when he talks about the honor of kings, he's talking about the respect, the integrity. See, the, a king has integrity. He adhered to what is right or to conventional standards of conduct. See, a real king. That's why I don't call every man a king. Hello, I'm just being honest. Because see, a real king, a real man of God that walks in his kingship, he understands that there is an integrity that he must adhere to, not just for him, but for his kingdom and the things that he's connected to. As a man of God, as a king, you can't be all over the place and your integrity. Because see, one thing about it, you got to remember as a king, he's an eligible bachelor. Every woman, that is her idea of being with the king. That's power. That's prominence. That's all of this. But see, the king is always watch this. And I want you to hear me. A king provides. He's prepared and he's a protector. I want you to hear me. These are three of the main attributes of a king. The prominence and power is part of it. Right. You know, but I want you to understand he provides he's prepared and he is a protector of his wife, his kingdom and his children. A queen is prepared. She prepares. She promotes not. She promotes. What do you mean, woman of God? She promotes her king. Now, some of you may say, wow, this is, sounds like some back of the woods. But again, let's get out of the mindset of the world. When I say promote, that means as, 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 as his neck, because the, the, the man is the head, right? The man is the head, the wife is the neck. And wherever the neck turns, the head has to go. So she cannot not promote the king, because if that's the case, you're going to have a house divided. She promotes his visions. She promotes who he is and she trusts in who he is as a man and as a leader because she knows because of his, again, his honor, his integrity, he's not going to lead her the wrong way. See, the problem is, let's be honest, many of us as women, we have chose, chosen men who were not kings. We chose men that were paupers and court justice. They were foolish. They had no wisdom. They had no integrity. They had no character. Many of them, all they had was some good loving and maybe some money and they looked good and they, and they fed us some good stories. Let's be real women. I don't care if you're married or single, let's be real. Many of us fail for the good looks. We fail for the outwardly fineness and all of the, the nice things they offered, but they had no integrity. Yeah, they may have some money, but they had no integrity. Some of you, you pick men, they couldn't even provide for you. You were out making all the money and they were home. They weren't even being a, 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 a productive there because, again, I can't say that your, what, what is good for your house is good for the next one because there are, are, are couples that um, have plans. Maybe the husband is in school and the wife is working, but the plan is he's trying to better the family. Right. And so 
I'm not saying that it has to necessarily be traditional, but there must be a kingship, an authority, integrity and honor with the man of the house. And the problem is too many of us, we, we, we got in very unhealthy relationships where there was no roles, there was no identity of who the man was or who the woman was because of the worldview. As women, we have had to do so many things. Many of us, we've had to be uh, the male, the, the, the foundation and wearing the pants and having to make all the decisions. And then some of the men have been emasculated by women who wanted to be the boss and wanted to control. And so everything has been messed up. And so when I make a statement of saying a queen promotes the vision of her husband, see, this is what happens when you are following under the, the laws and the commandments of God and that the man know who he is because there is no abuse of power. Again, I go back to the word when God tells the woman to, to um, honor her husband. He said, husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit. Submission is a, is a statement of honor. Amen. So here was Esther. She makes this statement to the king. And so her very first night she goes in, she reads. She goes behind this curtain. Um, she, you know, she walks in very humbly. She doesn't look him in the eyes. She shuffled him. She doesn't see him. And then she's reading to him. She begins to read. Watch this. The business of the kingdom. She's reading the scrolls of the business of the kingdom. Can I say something to you, the, the, the women? She's reading to him and he's there's a, a veil like a, a, a beautiful, you know, luxurious uh, veil or, or, or sheer that separates the queen from the king. And he's, you know, he's relaxing. He's actually sculpting. And so she's reading. So, you know, as I'm really paying attention to the interactions of, of, of the, the initial part of this relationship, the king is, is literally, you know, he's, he's, he's um, sculpting, right? And so she's reading to him uh, the, the events of the day. And then as she's reading to him, and this is important, women, She's doing what she was told to do initially. But again, that's why the spiritual connection is so important. Again, women with God, we're talking about how do you win the heart of your king? And so she's she's reading, you know, the edicts of the day, the laws and everything of the day. And then remember, she's a woman of intellect. She's she's a learned woman. She likes to read and, and things like that. And the other thing that I left out that I'm going to interject right here. Um, she, she's reading, right? And so she begins to take away all of the business and she begins to interject with the story of Jacob and Rachel, the love story of Jacob and Rachel. So as she began to talk about Jacob and Rachel and, and how Jacob, um, saw Rachel he fell in love with Rachel from the moment he saw her. He asked her father to, um, what would he have to do? The father said, you would work seven years. 
he worked seven years. And for the, those who don't know the story, on the, the night of the marriage, the father brought the eldest daughter, which was Leah, into the marriage tent. And so he became intimate. He made love with Rachel, I mean, with Leah, but he thought it was Rachel. Amen. And he didn't know until it was morning that it was not the woman he worked seven years for. But because of his love for Rachel, he told Laban, I want to work seven more years. I'll give you another seven years because she's worth the wait. And so the king became intrigued. And as he became intrigued in that moment, watch this. She became her the peace. She became the peace so much to this man that he forgot all about the, the all of the drama of being a king and leaving a kingdom. He began to he wanted to see, wait a minute, who is this woman? He goes behind the veil and he looks at her and then they begin to have a dialogue. Amen. So that was the very first introduction. And let me tell you something. Your very first introduction with someone. I believe that if that's your future king or queen, God will speak to your heart. It can be confusing, but again, remember I said we're talking about the spiritual connection initially. There must be a physical, uh, spiritual connection. And the very first quote, when she talked about the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to search it out. This was their first connection, their first time. Who has, who has God been speaking to you about, man of God? Woman of God, who has God been speaking to you about for my single men and women? Come on, I'm getting deep with you on today. There is someone. And there are a lot of someones and we're going to see in this story, there's always going to be a lot of someones, but there's this someone. That God has spoken to your heart about that from the moment you met that person, whether it was a physical meeting, whether it was a meeting where it was over. the, It was something about that person that captivated you and you 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 know, it was more than just, you know, the normal thing. So that's the first thing. The spiritual connection must be there. And then here comes the big part of the story. When I'm talking about the engagement, initial engagement, or when I'm talking about engagement, I'm not talking about um, them being engaged. I'm talking about their, their initial connection. The second thing I want us to look at is the preparing. Uh, there is a, uh, the spiritual connection, but there's also should be a physical and mental connection as well. You know, um, after all of the preparing had been done, here is the, the, the big finale that every one of these women are now having a moment with the king. Every one of these women were now getting to the point where they got a chance to, to meet the king. And every woman, when she went to meet the king, before she got a chance to get the king, um, she got a chance to visit the royal. Um, she, I'm sorry. She got a chance to 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 go into the royal. Um, what is the word? The royal treasury. That's it. And every woman and, and, and she was to pick something that whatever she wanted, she got to keep. Right. 
So can you imagine all of the women, including myself, all of us, who, especially who are single or even some of my married women who are listening? If you think about, you know, just your mindset. Right. All of the women were given the opportunity to go into the royal treasury. And this treasury is filled with beautiful uh, gold and jeweled, precious jeweled uh, headpieces and uh, necklaces and rings and bracelets. I mean, you know, it was it was the bomb.com. It was just like going into uh, what's the uh, Harry Weinstein's, you know, or going into one of these exclusive diamond stores. And they're telling you, take whatever you want to meet with the king. So most of the women went in that thing, went in the royal treasury and they were getting all the big old some some of them got so much jewelry that when they got a chance to meet the king, they couldn't even sit on the horse. They was falling over because they had so much gold on them. Right. But 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 here was the thing. It is imperative women in order to learn how to win the heart of a king or your king is to have counsel. You need you need a, a, a Naomi. Naomi walked. Uh, uh, I'm tongue tied. I'm sorry, you guys. Naomi walked Ruth and getting her Boaz, not manipulate. She walked her into getting her Boaz. Amen. There needs to be a Titus two woman around you connected to you. I don't know who you have, but she needs to be someone that you can be transparent with that. She can, that she's going to love you through the process. She's going to teach you as a woman of God, uh, uh, the do's and the don'ts. And again, we're not talking about manipulation because this is important. And, and for, for Esther, it was the eunuch who was in, 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 in um, over the women. Let me tell you what she says. She says to the eunuch, how can I choose? This is the second quote. How can I choose the right thing when I don't know what impresses the king? Oh, my God. Listen, women, you, you, you know, you got to know. What it is that that man needs. One of the things I pray and I say, God, give me the knowledge and the wisdom to love him the way that he needs. Give me the knowledge and wisdom to be what he needs me to be. Now, I'm not saying for me to lose my identity. That's not what I'm saying. So I want you to hear me. And when when I when I'm speaking, I want you all to understand uh, how I'm saying it. OK, I don't want you all to take this stuff. Literally and act like I'm trying to make people into steps for wives or something. That's not what I'm saying. Because every man is an individual. We can't lump every man together. Every man is different. He has different needs. Right. And we all know regular needs. I'm talking about as a man. What is it that he needs? And she says that. How can I choose the right thing when I don't know what impresses the king? And so she turns to the eunuch and he says that to her. Now, all of the women are in this royal treasury picking all kind of things. But here she goes. She decides and she looks into this chest. And she was given a necklace by her uncle. And all of their little possessions when they came there, became possessions of the king because now they were servants. Right. So whatever jewelry, whatever things they had when they came in, they became part of the kings, you know. And so what happened was 
the necklace that was given to her by her uncle, which was a necklace that had uh, a hieroglyphic of it, of the Star of David, which was a Jewish symbol, right? Her heritage. And when it was lit, it was a reflective, uh, you would see the Star of David. And so the eunuch from day one, it was something about Hadessa that he liked. And he showed her the necklace. And, and that was the most important thing to her in the world because that's all she had that was of value. It wasn't so much that it was valued um, expensively. It was the fact that it was valued to her emotionally. It was tied to her family. It was tied to her... Um, it was tied to her... Um, her lineage, her, her, uh, her history. So this was something that was important. It was imperative. It was, it was, it was all that she had. And so she chose to go in to the King, not necessarily adorned in so much, um, jewelry. She went in now, don't get me wrong. She looked nice. I'm not saying she went in plain Jane, but she went in as herself. See too many times women we've been told we got to look like this and everybody look alike. Everybody hair the same, everybody makeup the same, everybody connected to the same people, connected to the same groups. Connected to the same ministries. Nothing is wrong with that. But as a queen, you should always be different. And can I tell y'all something about me? I know that I'm always different. I'm not never trying to be another woman. I thank God for my individuality. I thank God for my peculiarness. I thank God I am who I am. Women of God, you got to be bold and thank God for being who you are. Amen. You got to thank God for being who you are. You got to thank God. So here is this woman and it's her time to go in to the king. And she goes into the king and here is where this this mental connection is is going on. Remember, they had already been spiritually connected when they saw each other, when she began to read with him and she left an impression on him then. And even then, love had crept up in both of their hearts. But can I tell you all something? Two people can be in love with one another through the spirit of God and not even understand it. And many times men will run. And so will we women will try to, if you're like me, I try to rationalize. I try, I'm a thinker, sometimes an overthinker. Right. And so I'm always thinking, God is, you know, is this real or can this happen? I mean, God, is this you? What, what's going on? But these two people were already in love spiritually. It's possible people. It's possible. See, we're, we're talking about stuff that when God does it, it is totally unorthodox. It is unorthodox. It is not the normal love relationship. These two people were in love with each other and they didn't even realize they were in love with each other. Well, I think she did um, because she thought about it. You know how we are women. She thought about it, but she still maintained her integrity. She still may. And he remember as men, 
you know, men, uh, you know, brothers don't be upset with me, but you know, sometimes y'all can be ADHD and you know, we are too as women, no disrespect for anyone. This is a joke I'm making because when you're all over the place, he's a king. So he has the kingdom. He, you know, he did not necessarily want to be worrying about getting another wife, but you know, with the kingdom, he has to be worried about as a man, you know, dealing with all these other men, trying to take over his kingdom, dealing with the rumors of war and war. So he had a lot of things going on. And many times women, men are not like us. They don't really think about certain things that we're thinking about. You know, um, their, their minds are so as men, as leaders, especially if he's a leader, again, a king, uh, a man of integrity. So she goes into the room. And then the king makes it, he begins to say to her, you know, um, you know, he, it, it, it really boggled his mind that she came into the room very humbly and he looked at her and he was like, so you're coming to meet me for the first time. Now she's being presented to him as a possible princess. Remember the first time she was still in peasant mode because she was reading to him and she, he, she was not initially introduced to him. Okay. He introduced himself as a result of him getting intrigued by the story of Jacob and Leah. And so he, you know, he was puzzled because he looks at her and of course she was dressed nice, but she was modest. In other words, if we looked at Esther today, she didn't come in there with all her breasts out with all her cleavage. She didn't have on a tight, tight dress, you know, trying to entice him. You know, she didn't come with the ruby red lips, you know, and the five layers of makeup and, um, you know, all of the extra, extra, you know what I'm saying? With the 50 inch nail. I'm just being real, sis. Let's, let's be real. You go in some of these churches where they're single men that's pastoring. Come on, let's be real. He's a commodity. He's a hot item. And so those women come in there, half of them got a church full of women because they all hoping to be the next Mrs. Right? So a lot of them, they're going to come with a, they're going to be in Bible study. They're going to be in, you, you know, real worship. See, when I'm in church, I, I, I'm worshiping. I ain't got time to be paying attention to other folk, but because of the discernment, I already see things, right? So you already know, you already know who coming in there just for some, just to try to seem like she holy, you know, the pretenders. And so they come in there dressed all up. They are adorned. And again, women, I'm not saying we're not supposed to look good. Absolutely. We talked about that earlier. Take care of yourself. Amen. But in the process of that, you know, um, most of those women that were coming before the king, they were dressed, you know, they were they were they were suited and booted. Here is this woman. She comes and the king takes notice of that. Come on, women. If you look like everybody else, I don't care how fine you are. I don't care how, how what kind of business you have going on. You are no different from the next woman. A king wants someone, a woman that stands out, not because of the size of her butt. I mean, some of them do. I don't know. But I'm talking about a real man of God. I'm not saying again, you can't be physically attracted to each other. That's not what I'm saying. But they got a lot of women with big butts. They got a lot of women with degrees. They got a lot of women that are pretty. They got a lot of women that dress nice. They got a lot of women that's, got, that's on their game. So what makes you different? Hello? 
Esther stood out as different because she looked different. She didn't just physically look different. Her spirit was different. Oh, Jesus. I hope I'm helping somebody today. And so the king noticed her and he says to her, you know, you you're coming in front of me, but but you don't think you must don't think much of yourself or maybe as much of me because he you know, look how you dressed. You're not overly adorned. Now, watch this. Here's why I'm getting into the brothers. Men, sometimes you so used of the wrong that when God presents the right to you in the right package, you don't even know how to accept it. You don't even know how in that moment is where I begin to see the vulnerability of the king, the man, the, 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 because now his mind is confused. He's, he's, he's doubting himself. Many times when you are connected to a man spiritually and God is in the midst of it, he will begin to doubt himself in the flesh. Oh, Jesus, brothers, I need to hear from some of you, some of my brothers that I need y'all to, 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 to let me know if I'm on it, because I'm telling you, this is real. This is real stuff. And so he's doubting now. Well, maybe she just not into me. Or then he goes into ego mode. I'm the king. Why she didn't get all puffed up for me? Come on, brothers. Do you know some, a woman who, who, really, who really honors you and has integrity and honors who she are, you are? She's not going to feed your ego. Not in that capacity. Because her, her idea of being who she is is bigger than your ego. And so when she connects with you, it's spirit. It's not your ego she's feeding. And that's why it is it, it disorientates you guys because you, you you're 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 operating out of ego and not out of spirit. And so the king and, and, and watch this. Oh, my God, this was probably the most beautiful part of the story for me. I loved it. She says to him, so he he basically like, what's up with you? Why are you not you not doing the most? She says to him, and I want you to hear this, and, 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 and this is where I'm going to begin to um, close down. We, we're going to be really just kind of um, getting ready to close it out. And I know I said this, this was going to be a longer one because I wanted to get this as much meat as I could so that you can really get this. Esther says to the king, who is now, he's, he's, he's um, kind of fussing at her. His ego has now took, taken precedence over his spirit, over his heart. Because at this point, he's already in love with her, but the manifestation of it is coming. This dialogue begins to uh, bring about the manifestation of love, right? So Queen Esther, she's not the queen yet. Esther says to him, the way that I was raised, watch this women of God, 
She said, when one visits with a king, instead of expecting a gift, one should bring one to lay at the feet of the king. Ooh, Jesus, I'm going to say that again. When one visits with a king, instead of expecting a gift, one should bring a gift to lay at the feet of the king. Mm, mm, mm. What was the question I asked in the beginning? How are you preparing to win the heart of your king? What are you prepared to lay at the feet of your king? The man that God has for your life. See, when you, let me tell you something about submission. One of the greatest forms of submission is when you pray at the feet of someone. I want you to hear me. And I don't do that. I don't do that unless God tells me to. Sometimes I'll, you know, if I'm doing intercession and I'm laying hands on people, but I rarely, very rarely pray at someone's feet unless God, the Holy Spirit says it. And sometimes, of course, if I'm touching someone and they need prayer and they're, they're hurt in a certain area and maybe it's their feet. But I'm talking about where you go and you pray at their feet. That is a that is a form of submission. And that is a great form of honoring someone, especially a woman when she does it to a man. And again, I've probably I've only probably done that one time publicly. Amen. Add to a man. I'm going to just be very transparent. I've never prayed at the feet of a man publicly, but once. Now, I've prayed at the feet of women, you know, whether it was for healing or whatever. But for a man, I've never done that but one time. So she says this and then the king begins to get baffled. He now goes into a, 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 a mode where he is literally pouring out his heart and he don't even understand. He's pouring out his fears. Do I want you to I want you to hear me, women, that kings get afraid to. They're afraid. It, it's something when God presents the woman to a man. And first of all, he's not expecting it to be packaged the way he wanted it to or what he was expecting. So it turns his ego and everything about him upside down. The king began to say, you know, uh, he says, you don't think I get weary of the procession of women? I can, I can listen for a real man of God that really has integrity. I, I can imagine how hard it is for him to stay celibate, to stay without fornicating because he's constantly having women parading themselves around him. And listen, I'm not saying he doesn't have an accountability because he does. He has to be accountable for his actions by not falling into the traps. But can you imagine? There's always a parade of women around a single man. There's always a parade of women, even single, even married men of God. Come on. But let's be real. I'm, I'm dealing with the single brothers right now. This king was single and he says to this, this young woman who is really giving herself and, and watch this. I'm going to save the gift for last. He also says that um, he goes into now he goes into a lot of modes that a lot of men of power go into. 
He says, you, you know, you, 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 you came in and you read that story to me about, uh, uh, Jacob and Rachel and, and I'm, I was Rachel and you're Jacob and, and you were manipulating me with a story. So now he's so afraid of the reality that this is the woman that God has for him. He's trying to find fault in her. Lord have mercy. He's saying, uh, 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 you, you're just trying to captivate me so I can be your husband. See, his fear of being manipulating, he was hiding behind his own feelings. He began to question not only her motives, but her attire. He even was, was talking about, you ain't even dressed to impress me. Watch this. This is the part I love. She takes the very necklace that was given to her by her uncle. The only physical thing she had of value. Because, you know, of course she was a virgin. And, and of, of course people didn't have, they didn't get married until, you know, after they had, they didn't have sex until after they got married. And I know today a lot of times that's twisted up. So women, we give away our bodies and, and we don't understand why, it, you know, and that's a whole nother subject, the soul ties, disconnecting from uh, those soul ties. But, you know, it, your body is not enough. Let's be real. We need to take the body off the table. That need to get off the table like ASAP. So if you, if you are single, and you're in a relationship where you're having sex right now, you need to reevaluate that. I know it's hard. And then you got to deal with the consequences because you can't just been having sex with the man all this time. And then all of a sudden you won't be holding. You say, man, I, I can't do this anyway. That's a great thing. But you got to also be real about it. How you going to come up out of that without hurting that person or yourself, having conversations and working through it. Amen. And so I want you to catch this, though. She takes the very necklace off and she presents it to the king. She said, this is my gift to you. Now, all of the other women, they were just filled up with all of their clothing and all of the, the gold, because whatever you picked out of the royal treasury, you get to keep it. So they weren't even worrying, really worrying about the king because half of them knew they wasn't going to be picked. So they was trying to think about what they was going to take home to their families. Come on, somebody. Half of these women parading around these single men, they know this man ain't going to pick them. So half of them, if I could just entice them and get a little bit of him, you know, I could say I had him. I, I could say I got some of that. Oh, yeah. You know, I keep it real on this podcast. And she gives him the necklace, but he still doubted. He spoke to her integrity as if she was for sale. Oh, you just want what I got. I wish I wish a, a, a Negro would tell me that. Excuse my French. <laughs> I probably you probably heard me say this before. I am not impressed by a man's money nor his material possessions. Been there and done that. It takes more to captivate my heart than what you what you have materially. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's not important. I'm not saying that I, I love a man who has confidence, who is successful. That's that's important. But that is not the measure of me being attracted to. And especially now. Oh, that 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 has nothing to do with um, 
the man that God has for me and my attraction to him. You know, so women, you got to be mindful. Men think about these things that are successful, who, who've worked, because remember the society we live in. We know they got gold diggers, but we got men who want the gold diggers. Y'all, y'all just as guilty. Some of y'all pick those women. Y'all know she just wants your money. When you, if you get sick, God forbid, or your business go bankrupt, you know she ain't going to be there. So some of y'all have created the consequences y'all in, men. Some of y'all created those consequences and when, when you divorced, you had to give a half. That's because you chose that. You knew from the beginning what you were getting into. You loved the way she looked. Y'all look good on paper together. And when the stuff hit the fan, you knew she, you was going to have to give a half. But you cannot measure what you did with the other woman that hurt you and that took from you and that manipulated you from the woman that God has for you. Esther was the prime example of that. Let me tell you something, men of God. When God sends the woman of God, your, your Esther, for all of y'all who say you want an Esther, you're not going to get an Esther. You're going to get a Keisha or a Lisa or a Kenya or De uh, Deborah or whoever, all of us are who are queens and women of God, you, you're going to get one of us who's going to be the one that God has created to, to know how to love you and to win your heart. But what I want you to know, brothers, don't run. See, he was trying to push her away from him. Watch this. He thought about her from the very moment they met when she read the story to him. It was so much on her heart that he used the same thing that allowed him to fall in love with her. He didn't even realize he was in love with her. He used that very thing to try to push her away. I need space. Mm -mm, I can't do this. So listen, what am I saying? In that moment, a very honest conversation between the king and the, 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 the future queen. This man was vulnerable. He was honest about his fears and he was projecting his fears onto this woman that from the very beginning loved him she became his peace I want you to hear me women of God one of the things I say I want my voice to be a voice that brings peace to my future husband when he hears my voice I want that man to be like man I'm that's my wife let me call my wife that he can lay his head in my lap that I can rub on his head and, you know, I can be peace for him. Too many times we don't understand that kings, real kings, sisters, to the queens that's, that's listening. We got to know, we got to be able to know him and to understand him. We got to pray. We got to ask God. We got to seek the wise counsel. Amen. And then the, the, the beautiful part of this, this one night. She gave her necklace, which was everything she had. And then he saw that and. He now his defenses were coming down. 
See, he avoided her because of his feelings. He did. He really did. He didn't even know he was in love with her. He did, but he didn't want to acknowledge it. He knew that there was something special about this, this young woman. And I'm going to tell you something, women. Men, egos bruise very easily. Very easily. And as honest and humble as Esther was and, you know, as, you know, honest and, and vulnerable as she was, she presented everything she had to him, which was not a whole lot. Remember, a king has something. So, brothers, I want you to I want you to pay attention. Esther didn't have all of the things that, you know, a, a, a princess that comes from a family with wealth already. But she had a true heart of love, a true heart of peace for her, her, her king and respect for him. And in that moment, the king allowed his heart to be revealed. And he offered the very most precious thing that he had to her. As a gift, he offered her his kingdom. And she says to him, and this is what I love. Thank you, God. I think I cried and I cried. She says, this is what Queen Esther says when he offers her his kingdom. She says, the only gift I will accept is your heart. My God, that's a love story. That's love. And see, that's why I said I'm not impressed. By all of the cars, the nice cars, the fancy trips, been there, done that. One day, I, if you, you, I'll get a chance to really be transparent about my testimony. I didn't left thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. Like, no, that's not gonna. You're not gonna buy me. I'm not for sale. I don't care what you can offer me. If I can't have your heart, the essence of who you are. And we know the Bible says that we are to love God with all of our heart. Only God gets all of our heart. Our husband should get a portion of our heart, the part that is for the husband, right? I want him. I want his heart. My future husband, maybe you're listening. I want your heart. I don't want your stuff. Because with your heart, then I know that everything else will be added unto me. That's not it. Because stuff change. Over the years, things change. We lose, we gain. Material things can be replaced, but the love of your loved one cannot. Amen. I pray that on today as, as you listen, and I pray that you listen to the whole podcast, that you were blessed. And for the women of God, I want you to understand you got to prepare to win the heart of your king. You got to be spiritual connected. Men, my brothers, you got to be spiritual connected first. You know when God does the spiritual connection. I ain't talking about the physical, that, that butterfly stuff that may. Nah, I ain't talking about that. This goes deeper than that. I'm talking about when God gives you someone and you carry them in your spirit. When you don't even understand God, why? Why this person? I don't even know him. I don't even like him like that. Why am I carrying this man in my spirit? Why am I carrying this woman in my spirit?
We got to be mentally connected. In other words, we need to be on the same path, wavelengths in life. You know, I say God is thematic when he does things, especially as us, we are connected to the body of Christ, to our brothers and our sisters. But it's something about when God is bringing two people together. It is unorthodox. It is not the normal. It's not normal. When two people are always like synced on the same thing mentally, come on, pay attention to the signs, people of God. And the last thing, you know, we spiritual connection prepared mentally. And then the other thing is allowing God to be in control. Brothers, every woman is not trying to manipulate you. Every woman don't want your stuff. Especially when we all have baggage. We all have issues. You know what God said to me about my future husband? He, he said to me, he said, Kenya, he's flawed. Now, you know why he said that to me? And God speaks to us in our own language, right? And what I mean by that is in our own understanding. You know why he said that to me? Because I'm a person, I have such a high standard accountability that I hold myself to, that I hold to for my future husband. And God said to me, you cannot put people, you cannot, you cannot look at him in a, in a sense of perfection. And I'm not saying I'm looking for him to be perfect. God says, I want you to know off top he's flawed. So are you. So you got to love him right where he is. I handpicked him for you, Kenya. So whatever his flaws are, you're going to be able to handle it. But I want you to know going in, he's flawed. I don't care how, how successful he is. I don't care who he is within the body of Christ. He is going to be flawed, Kenya. Now, this is God speaking to me. He's preparing me to understand that. So I won't put him on a pedestal of expectation. He's a man first. And so him telling me that it allowed me to begin to embrace him as a man and not necessarily as a title or who he may be or whatever the case may be. Amen. I pray that this. This message blessed you. I, I, it blessed me as well. It, it, you know, whenever I do this, it encourages me as it encourages as it, I encourage myself as I encourage you as well. And, you know, we never close out this podcast without offering Christ. I pray that as a result of hearing this word, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that you would give him a chance. Try him. You know, too many times we, we let the world do whatever the world wants to do. But let's try him. Please try him. Please try God. And the Bible says that if you declare with your mouth in Romans 10 and 9 that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Get yourself connected to a church body where there are Bible believing church, a church of love where they're teaching inclusion of all God's people, not, you know, this one and that one that, you know, and you're learning the Bible, read the word of God for yourself. Get your Bible, read the word of God, get connected. Amen. And I, and, and listen, if this, if this, you know, this podcast is of course available on Apple iTunes. We're available on the Podbean app. If you're listening on the Podbean app, I ask that you leave comments. I know many of you leave comments and I love it, but leave the comments. 
I love that because it gets me engaged. I engage back with you guys and it gives me a, a way to have a gauge of, you know, how you guys are relating to the podcast. And if you want to email us, email us at Kenya, K-E-N-Y-A, C. Williams Ministries at Yahoo.com. And um, I respond. Maybe you want to share your story about uh, this podcast and it blessing you or just share your own testimony. So I pray today that this was a podcast that you listen all the way through. Listen, share the podcast with your family and friends. You know, it is it is a blessing. It's blessing me. And I thank God. For him just allowing me to be used. I am a daughter of grace. I am I am nothing without God. And I am everything with him. And I tell you, uh, whenever I do these podcasts, they bless me. I get excited. Even when I'm not feeling well, I get excited, you guys. To be in the presence of God and to share with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I love each and every one of you. I pray that as a result of this word that you have been encouraged, inspired. And until we meet again on next week, be blessed and walk in the fullness of the Father. And remember to always be love in action. God bless you. Amen.